unregulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad you're with us on the program today. We've got we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, including uh, what's going on with the Biden administration going after Second Amendment sanctuaries, uh, specifically, I guess, the Second Amendment Preservation Act, uh, which was signed into law in Missouri uh, this past week. And we mentioned this on yesterday's program uh, when we were discussing Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, signing uh, that state's Second Amendment sanctuary law into effect, wondering if the Biden administration will be sending another letter like the one they sent to uh, Missouri Governor Mike Parson and Attorney General Eric Schmidt, warning the state of Missouri, that their attempt to protect the Second Amendment actually violates the Constitution's Supremacy Clause. Yeah. And they directed the governor and the attorney general to uh, respond promptly by Friday. We want, we want a response to this letter. Well, they didn't have to wait till Friday because uh, Thursday afternoon, <laughs> the governor and the attorney general fired off their response to the Biden DOJ. And I got to tell you, it is a good one. Seven pages long. Uh, and it's not, by the way, just full of bluster and bloviating. I mean, they brought receipts as to why the Second Amendment Preservation Act is constitutional and why the Biden administration should get ready to go pound sand. Let's take a look at uh, some of the highlights from this letter here. Uh, first of all, the Biden administration accused the state of Missouri of trying to nullify federal gun control laws. And the governor and the attorney general say, no, we're not trying to nullify federal law. Instead, Missouri is defending its people from federal government overreach by prohibiting state and local law enforcement agencies from being used by the federal government to infringe on Missourians' right to keep and bear arms. We must remind you, they write, that our liberty is safeguarded both by the right to keep and bear arms and by the power reserved to the state of Missouri under the Tenth Amendment and basic principles of federalism. The rights protected by the Second Amendment and the Tenth Amendment are woven into the fabric of our country. Uh, the, the Biden administration, I guess, would like to unweave uh, those amendments from the fabric of our country. They apparently believe that uh, any edict or law handed down by the federal government must not only be acknowledged by state and local governments, but those state and local governments must help the federal government in enforcing those rules and regulations. The problem for the Biden administration is that they're wrong, as the governor and the attorney general pointed out. They write, Quoting a uh, Supreme Court case, state legislatures are not subject to federal direction. They say the federal government has been down this road before on a gun issue, so it should know better. In Prince versus United States, the Supreme Court held that certain interim provisions of the Brady Handgun Violence Protection Act, commanding state and local law enforcement officers to conduct background checks on prospective handgun purchasers and to perform certain related tasks, violated the Tenth Amendment. Guided by text, structure, history, and original public meaning, the court aptly observed that the, quote, extensive mutual assistance the states and federal government voluntarily provided one another in the early days of the republic rested on their being consent to such cooperation. Thus, without the consent of these states, the court explained, Congress could not impose these responsibilities. That was because the framers explicitly chose a constitution that confers upon Congress the power to regulate individuals, not states. The constitution thus contemplates that a state's government will represent and remain accountable to its own citizens. Now, again, they're quoting Supreme Court precedent here. 
Which, by the way, the uh, letter from Biden's Department of Justice didn't do. It didn't provide any attempted legal justification for their claim that uh, the Second Amendment Preservation Act violates the supremacy clause of the Constitution. But as I said, uh, the attorney general and the governor, they were able to provide ample evidence to the Biden DOJ that the law stands squarely within Supreme Court precedent. Now, that could have been enough. They could have just let it go. But they didn't want to do that. They also took the Biden administration to task for Joe Biden's own proposals when it comes to modern sporting rifles. You know what Biden's plan is by now, right? If you're watching this program, Biden says that every legal gun owner in this country who owns an AR-15 and other modern sporting rifles, if he had his way, they would have to either hand their guns over to the government, right? Or, or... They could register their guns with the federal government under the National Firearms Act. And if they do so, oh, Biden swears that as long as they tell the government, yeah, I own this gun, the government won't come and take it. Even though Biden says these are battlefield weapons of war that don't belong in the hands of civilians, we're supposed to trust that if we register these firearms with the government, they'll leave us alone then. Well, the attorney general and the governor of Missouri have a different point of view. They say uh, your letter of June 16th, 2021, provides no confidence that the Biden administration has retreated from this radical anti-gun position. Indeed, your letter explicitly endorses the view that federal laws authorizing the confiscation of firearms from law-abiding citizens would be constitutional and valid. We do not share your radical view that federal law may effectively cancel out the fundamental liberty equally guaranteed by both the Second Amendment and the Missouri Constitution. As they write, the Second Amendment Preservation Act protects Missourians from such attempts to violate the right to keep and bear arms. Missouri's Constitution requires the state of Missouri to uphold the right to keep and bear arms and, quote, under no circumstances decline to protect against their infringement. We will carry out our constitutional duty, they write, to defend Missourians' right to keep and bear arms and the Second Amendment Preservation Act. And to put a final uh, uh, emphasis, the final paragraph of the letter states, we will fight tooth and nail to defend the right to keep and bear arms protected by the Second Amendment, Article 1, Section 23 of the Missouri Constitution, and the Second Amendment Preservation Act. And we will not tolerate, they say, we will not tolerate any attempt by the federal government to deprive Missourians of this critical Civil right. And again, uh, the signature of uh, Mike Parson and Eric Schmidt, the governor and attorney general of Missouri, respectively. So now the ball's back in the Biden administration's court. They, they asked the state of Missouri, explain yourself, explain how you will enforce this law. And the governor and attorney general said, OK, here's how we're going to enforce it. And by the way, here's why you're wrong about the constitutionality of this proposal. So what happens next? It's up to the Biden administration. They're going to let it go. They're going to drop it. Going to just like slink back into the shadows with their uh, tail between their legs. Or are they going to try to sue the state of Missouri over the Second Amendment Preservation Act? They're going to try to sue the state of Texas over its new Second Amendment sanctuary law or the state of Oklahoma or any of the other states this year that have passed similar measures. Legally speaking, I, I think they're on, they're on some shaky ground. I'll be honest with you. But I'm not sure that that really matters to the Biden administration at the end of the day. Uh, Joe Biden's gun control efforts are stymied right now in Congress. He doesn't have the votes, not even for the background check bills, much less his gun ban. He is doing what he can through administrative actions. We've got these egregiously awful proposed rules from the ATF and DOJ. Public comment period is now open for both of those rules. 
But I think the Biden administration may very well decide to try to pursue legal action against the state of Missouri, the state of Texas, and other Second Amendment sanctuary states, even though they don't really have a case. They can try to tie up these laws in court, prevent them from being enforced. They can also signal to their gun control allies that, look, we're doing what we can to push back against those evil Second Amendment supporters. So I would not be surprised at all uh, if the response from the DOJ is, all right, you've defended this law in a letter. Now get ready to defend it in court. In fact, I got to tell you, I'm actually kind of hoping that's what the Biden administration does here, because I think that they would be delivered a judicial smackdown, uh, the likes of which we have not seen from the Supreme Court in quite some time. But we will keep our eyes on uh, this uh, story out of Missouri, and we'll also uh, keep our eyes peeled to see if a similar letter is sent to Governor Greg Abbott and Attorney General Ken Paxton in the state of Texas over their new Second Amendment sanctuary law that just went into effect. Actually, I guess it goes into effect on September the 1st, but uh, now officially signed by Governor Greg Abbott. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report. We will start there with a story out of Modesto, California, where a second suspect has been arrested in the shooting of a 16-year-old Modesto boy, the murder of a 16-year-old Modesto teen. And this individual, uh, 19 years of age, this suspect, uh, name is Ruben Perez. He was arrested Wednesday at a day reporting center in Modesto where he went to attend occupational preparedness courses as a term of his probation, according to the Modesto B. Probation for what, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Because Perez, who's 19 years old, is apparently on probation for shooting someone when he was a minor. Now, police say that uh, Perez served time for the offense, but they haven't said many things about the details of that previous shooting or even how long. Perez spent behind bars before he was released on probation. In the state of California, Perez could have been kept behind bars until he was 21 for a uh, violent juvenile offense, but clearly that didn't happen. Nor, by the way, did any of California's gun control laws prevent this 19-year-old from illegally acquiring a firearm and uh, allegedly uh, using it in the commission of a violent crime, the uh, killing of 16-year-old Evan Robinson. 22-year-old uh, Andrew, uh, excuse me, Anthony Joseph Pando, also uh, facing murder charges uh, in this death. And, you know, the 10-day waiting period, the uh, roster of handguns certified uh, not unsafe for sale, the laws requiring background checks for ammunition sales, the high-capacity magazine ban, none of California's gun control laws prevented this crime from happening. So why do gun control advocates continue to insist that if we just make a minor tweak, oh, oh like universal background checks, well, California has universal background checks. And again, criminals don't care what those laws are. Why would somebody like Mr. Perez care about violating the state's universal background check law if, he, if he's already been convicted and received a slap on the wrist for actually shooting someone? It is absurd. It is absurd to believe that, well, you know, if we just pass this law, well, that'll make a difference. When we have seen story after story every damn day, I have a story on this program. They're not always from California, but every day we talk about what really happens in the criminal justice system and the light sentences 
that individuals receive for violent crimes who go on to commit more violent crimes. The idea that another gun control law, making a crime out of uh, uh, you know failing to put your neighbor or your best friend through a background check before you sell them a gun, or again, requiring background checks before you purchase a box of 9mm if you can find it on the shelf anywhere. The idea that that those things are desperately needed tools for law enforcement is nonsense. What we really need to do is to ensure that the criminal justice system takes violent crimes seriously. And frankly, adding more nonviolent possessory offenses to the statutes only furthers to clog the court system. It allows prosecutors to offer plea deals to violent offenders, and it actually makes things worse. All right, now, today's Armed Citizen story, Vicksburg, Mississippi, where a uh, homeowner went back to her house about uh, 11 o'clock yesterday morning, found a stranger inside, and then shot that stranger, according to uh, police. We don't have a lot of information about this story. This comes from a WLBT in uh, Mississippi. Police say that uh, the homeowner fired a warning shot at the burglar first, I gotta say, I, I'm not a fan of warning shots. If you fire it into the air, what goes up must come down. You don't know where that bullet's gonna land. You fire it into the ground, even. Uh, it could ricochet. And by the way, I think it also sends a message to that uh, criminal that, yeah, maybe you're not really prepared to use that firearm to defend your life. Maybe it's more for show. So I'm not a fan of warning shots. Displaying the firearm, say, you step any closer, I'll shoot you. Great. Firing a warning shot? Yeah, not so sure about that. Anyway, after she fired the warning shot, she yelled at neighbors to call 911. She apparently then went back inside the home and fired another shot. WLBT says she fired that second shot as the burglar ran off, but I'm, I, I want to see what the actual police report says because they also report that police say the uh, woman is not likely to face charges. And generally speaking, if you shoot somebody as they're running away from you, even if they posed a threat moments earlier, Law enforcement and prosecutors uh, can argue, well, they didn't pose a threat as they were fleeing, so it was a crime for you to fire that uh, second shot. Police aren't saying that in this case. They're saying that it's uh, most likely the woman's not going to face charges. So I want to hear more official details from the Vicksburg police about this uh, defensive gun use. The suspect, by the way, uh, did show up at a local rescue mission a short time after this incident. He had a gunshot wound to his right arm, uh, non-life-threatening. Police have arrested him and uh, charge him with burglary. We'll keep our eyes on the story. We'll bring you any more details as they become available. And finally today, our good deed of the day, we're going to go back to California for this one, the Oakland, California area. This is a screenshot of an officer's body cam Thursday night, late Thursday night, report of a uh, single car crash uh, in uh, Oakland, California. And a uh, police officer from the uh, uh, Piedmont, California area, Officer Germano, Responded to the scene, found this car fully engulfed in flames, uh, tried to put out the fire with that fire extinguisher that you uh, saw there in the uh, body cam still, was unable to do so. So he eventually ran back towards the fire and was able to extricate both the driver of this vehicle and a dog that was trapped inside that burning car. That is uh, absolutely incredible. Now, what KRON has reported that police believe this may have been uh, a case of drunk driving. They say alcohol impairment may be a suspected factor in the collision. We'll have to wait and see. I hope that that's not the case. But even if it was, honestly, look, it is a, it, it's a mistake 
to get behind the wheel of a car when you are impaired. Don't do it. But I'm not sure that it is a mistake that should automatically cost you your life. And certainly not the life of an innocent animal. So I, I, I hope, again, that uh, alcohol is not determined to have been a factor in this crash. Maybe the guy fell asleep. Maybe he was distracted. I don't know. But even if alcohol was a factor, I'm so glad this guy's alive. I hope he has the opportunity to turn himself around. I hope this was a real wake-up call. Uh, and I am truly grateful that Officer Germano with the Piedmont California Police Department, was in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, putting his own life at risk to save the life of another human being as well as a man's best friend. That is going to do it for this edition of Varian Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Uh, don't forget, by the way, you can become a VIP member of Varian Arms. All you've got to do, just go to varianarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNS and you can get 25% off of your VIP membership. That will not only give you access to exclusive analysis and commentary. We've got a piece today about a, a possible new split on the Supreme Court and what that might mean for the uh, right to carry case that the court is going to be considering in the fall. Uh, but your VIP membership also helps us do things like Barry and Arms Cam and Company each and every day, except for Friday, most Fridays anyway. Today's an exception. So we really do appreciate your support. Again, uh, you can be a part of the VIP program. Just go to barryandarms.com slash subscribe and use the promo code GUNS to get 25% off of your VIP membership. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Make sure you check out the website throughout the weekend. Though. We've got some uh, great stuff going on and, of course, all of the latest Second Amendment news and information right there at your fingertips. We will be back Monday. Uh, hopefully, going to keep my fingers crossed, hopefully we'll be able to uh, talk with one of those two officials from Missouri we just spoke about. Uh, and uh, their response to the uh, Biden administration's attack on Second Amendment sanctuaries. Mm, a little foreshadowing. We haven't we haven't confirmed anything yet, though, so don't get your hopes up. One way or another, though, it's going to be a great show. Just like I hope you have a great weekend. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.